I've got a message on my heart. I don't know about you, but I've been in some battles lately. Anybody? Come on, lift your hands. That's good. Because if you're not battling, he's got you. I would rather somebody battle something than give in to it. I've always been a, a fighter, you know, and I didn't always win, but I was always a fighter. <laughs> I never had enough sense to know when the guy was way bigger and tougher than me, I always thought I could take him. Sometimes it worked. Sometimes it didn't. But I haven't changed that part of me since I got the Holy Ghost and delivered. And I believe God is going to fight our battles. Judges 16 and 25. I come close to caving today. I'm going to be honest. I got three gift cards to KFC. I had to fight my truck. I had to get out and kick the bumper and say, quit going to KFC. There was a devil in my truck, and it smelled like original. <laughs> I hope the colonel had the Holy Ghost. I believe he did. I know that, yes, he did. He had the anointing oil. I know years ago, my, when I was younger, my superintendent at the time, Brother Lumpkin, Elder Brother Lumpkin, he baptized one of the three stooges. Yes. I've always hoped it was Curly. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know who it was, but I'm like, Lord, please let it be Curly. Please let it be curly. And it came to pass when their hearts were merry that they said, call for Samson that he may make us sport. And they called for Samson out of the prison house. And he made them sport and they set him between the pillars. And Samson said unto the lad that held him by the hand, suffer me that I may feel the pillars whereupon the house standeth that I may lean upon them. Now the house was full of men and women, and all the lords of the Philistines were there. And there were upon the roof about 3,000 men and women that beheld why Samson made sport. And I want to preach on when vengeance is ours. Come on, when vengeance is ours. I want you to lift your hands. Come on, we've sang about it. Now we're going to step into it. Lord, by the authority of your word, by the power that's in your name, Jesus Christ. Lord, I need your anointing right now more than I've ever needed it before. Lord, I'm incapable unless you anoint me. Lord, it's not all, it's not about me, it's all about you, Jesus. Lord, move upon us, God. Lord, let us put some enemies under our feet, Lord. Let us put some sickness that's been trying to bind us underneath our feet. Let us put some fear that's been trying to set upon us in the name of Jesus that's cast it out. In the name of Jesus, Lord, move upon us tonight. In Jesus' name. You may be seated. The Bible tells us of a man from the tribe of Dan named Manoah. Now, Manoah and his wife, and I love to preach with Bible stories, so it is kind of, kind of about the Bible, isn't it? Hey, Brother Homer. Glad you could make it tonight. We missed you Easter, though. <laughs> I 
they were unable to have children. So one day an angel appears to Manoah's wife and tells her that she will have a son. And this angel begins to instruct her how no razor shall touch his hair because he will be a Nazarite. And he will begin the deliverance of the children of Israel out of the hand of the Philistines. So they have a son, and they name him Samson. And Samson was the 13th judge of Israel. Judges 13 and 24, and the woman bare a son and called his name Samson. And the child grew, and the Lord blessed him. And the Spirit of the Lord began to move him at times in the camp of Dan between Zorah and Eshtael. Samson goes to Timnath where he's courting a Philistine woman. Now, I don't, I don't even have to preach about that. Y'all know better than that stuff, don't you? And as he is traveling through the vineyard of Timnath, a young lion comes against him. Now, the Bible says that the Spirit of the Lord moved on Samson and he kills this lion with his bare hands. Tears him up like a young kid. Now that's a goat. Not no little kid. Let's get it straight here. There's times I've been wanting to tear up my kids, but I didn't do it. Now, I, have you ever wondered how he beat this lion? Y'all think I know, don't you? I don't have a clue. I think maybe he reached down in his mouth, grabbed him by the tail, and pulled him inside out. I don't know. I mean, it's just kind of up for speculation there. And he's traveling with his mom and dad. And he must have been a fast walker because his mom and dad didn't even know he killed this lion. So he's on his way to see this Philistine woman. And time begins to pass and he returns to Tenmath for his wedding with this Philistine woman. Now, as he passes this lion, he notices a swarm of bees, and he sees that there is a honeycomb with honey in this lion. So he and his parents begin to eat of this honey, and he goes to the wedding party, and there's 30 men there that's at the wedding. I haven't figured that one out yet. There's some kind of ritual they would do, I guess. And he decides to gamble with them. Now, not only did Samson have women problems, he had gambling problems. Now, is it just me or everybody you see playing the lottery, they barely even have shoes that match? I mean, I, I'll be standing there waiting on my Diet Dr. Pepper, you know. I like Diet Dr. Peppers. That took the place of chicken, I guess. And there's always somebody there who's missing one sleeve of their coat, got only one half of a haircut, they haven't brushed their tooth, and God only knows, they must have been from Missouri, <laughs> sorry, because <laughs> that's where the toothbrush is invented, anywhere else it would have been teeth brush. Think about it. And there they are playing the lottery. So Samson decides to gamble with all these Philistines. And he comes up with a riddle. And he says, I'll tell you what, I'll give you seven days to solve this riddle. And if you can't, then you have to give me 30 garments, that's coats, I guess, and 30 sheets. I guess back then, sheets were worth a lot of money. <laughs> and he said, if you solve it, I'll give you 30 garments and 30 sheets. Judges 14 and 14, and he tells them this. And he said unto them, out of the eater came forth meat, and out of the strong came forth sweetness. And they could it in three days expound the riddle. Now the Philistines come to his fiancée. And they threatened to burn her and her father's house down if she can't find out what the riddle means. So she begins to turn it on. She begins to cry, that black stuff running down her face. Looks like a jack-o'-lantern with a light blown out. 
<laughs> and she begins to say, Samson, you hate me. You don't love me. And he tells her, why should I tell you the riddle? I haven't even told my mom and dad about this riddle. For seven days. Now, I don't know about y'all, but I can't handle seven days of nagging and weeping. I just... I'd be like going to Kmart, getting 30 sheets and 30 windbreakers. And she finally wears him down, and he tells her the meaning of the riddle. So she goes straight to the Philistines, and they come up to Samson and says, Hey, bub. I don't know if they called him bub, but, you know, that's what we call him in Arkansas. Hey, bub. What is sweeter than honey? And what is stronger than a lion? Boy, this, this aggravates Samson. Oh, Matt, looking at me. And he goes to Ashkelon, and the Bible says the Spirit of the Lord moves upon him, and he kills 30 Philistines, and he takes their garments. Now, it doesn't say where they went to their house and got their sheets, but apparently he did. And he goes and pays his debt. And he goes to be with his new wife, and her father says, Oops, I'm sorry. She's not your wife. I gave her to your friend. So Samson gets angry. I love this story. Y'all hanging with me just a second. I'm going somewhere. And he catches 300 foxes. Now, I'm not talking like foxes. <laughs> now, look, I got a chihuahua. Yes, I had to go get 300 more foxes. Now, I got a chihuahua, right? <laughs> and I'm going to be honest with you. My wife was laughing at me, but when it was storming last night, I told her, I think I'm going to take Jazzy to church. <laughs> that way, if the trailer gets blown up, I keep my dog at least. Y'all would have done the same thing. And if I, that dog doesn't want me to catch her, you're not going to catch her. How in the world Samson caught 300 foxes and ties their tails together with a firebrand in between them and he sets them loose into the Philistines, into their corn, and it begins to burn all of their fields and all of their vineyards. Then the Bible says Samson whoops up on them. He don't only burn up all their corn and stuff, then he puts a whooping on them. And the Bible says he does a great slaughter. So they're mad at him and they're chasing him. And he goes and hides up on a rock. And the Philistines, they want revenge, and they come after Samson. So they go to Judah at Lehi. And the men of Judah want to know, what, what, what are you doing here? Because they're afraid. They look out there, and there's a thousand Philistines. And they said, we have come to bind Samson and do unto him what he has done to us. So the 3,000 men of Judah, his, his brethren, Go up to the top of the rock where Samson is at. And they want to know what he has done and what are you doing. He said, don't you know the Philistines are rulers over us? We have come to bind you and deliver you to the Philistines. So Samson has them swear that they won't attack him themselves. So he lets them bind him. And they deliver him to the Philistines, but they do not kill him. Judges 15 and 14. And when he came unto Lehi, the Philistines shouted against him, and the Spirit of the Lord came mightily upon him, and the cords that were upon his arms became as flax that was burnt and with burnt with fire, and his bands loosed from his hands. And he found a new jawbone of a donkey, and he put forth his hand, and he took it, and he slew a thousand men therewith. The Bible says Samson picks up a new jawbone. The Lord began to deal with me today in my trailer. He says, I'm about to give this church a new weapon. Come on, I'm about to give you something that, that the devil has never seen before. Come on, the devil's been wearing some of us down. The devil's been coming against us. The devil's been 
trying to defeat us, but God is about to put a new weapon in your hands. Come on, he knows that you've been faithful in the battle. He knows that you haven't given up. He knows that you've put one foot in front of the other. And he says, you know what? It's time for them to go to war. Here's you a new weapon. And I want you to know, Salem Apostolic Church, you're about to step onto some battlefields. And you're going to have a new weapon. And you're going to slay the enemy that's been coming against you. I'm afraid sometimes we get the enemy backing up and we don't intentionally do it, but we let up when God intends for us to destroy our enemies. We get victory in the prayer room and then it spills over into our service. We have the enemy on the run. We are on the verge of total annihilation of the enemy and we leave feeling great and victorious. But by morning, the attack begins again. Come on, tonight, we need to get total victory. We need to get total victory where the enemy is not only under our feet, but he has been destroyed. I was standing in the back last night talking to Brother Mac and Brother John. And Brother Mac said, I'm bringing me a white handkerchief tomorrow night. I was like, okay, how come? He said, you remember them old victory marches where we used to wave our handkerchiefs? Come on. And we used to march around the church. Come on. The devil's been trying to keep us oppressed. Come on. The devil's been trying to keep us to where we feel afraid. The devil's been trying to keep us where we get depressed in our mind. But tonight, we're about to pick up a new weapon. We're about to face him head on. We're going to put him under our feet. We're going to destroy him. We're going to pursue him. We're going to pursue him and put him under our feet. Come on, we got to learn what role God wants us to play in the kingdom. Come on. We don't need to step out of our role, but we whatever God places us in, we need to be the best at it. Come on, God has made me an evangelist, and I want to fast and pray until He makes the best of I make the best evangelist. If He's made you a Sunday school teacher, you need to stick to your role and be the best Sunday school teacher that there ever was. If you're the van driver, you need to be there every time you can to pick up people for church. We gotta know what we are in the kingdom. Samson looks around and the bodies of his enemies are laying everywhere. Now he's exhausted and thirsty. Now I'm not trying to brag, but I whooped four guys one time. Yep. They were all about about that big. Now only three of them were black belts. <laughs> and I'm just thankful it was over in like a minute. Or they would have got me. I'm just going to tell you. I told my wife, I said, somebody gets on us. I'm good for about a minute and y'all better run because <laughs> it's over. <laughs> Can you imagine whooping a thousand, a thousand with the jawbone of a donkey? And these guys, they didn't have boxing gloves on. Come on, they had shields. They had spears. They had all kinds of weapons coming after this man with nothing but the jawbone of a donkey. And the Spirit of God moved upon him, and he destroyed them. I don't care what kind of enemy you're facing. Come on, I don't care how many devils have come against you. I'm so tired of God's people being afraid of things that they shouldn't be afraid of. Come on, God's about to give you a new weapon. 
All those old things you've been trying, you need to let go of them. Because God's about to let you step into a battlefield like you've never stepped in before. And when you get done, your enemies are going to be scattered all over the place. He gets done fighting. And he's thirsty. I imagine, man, a thousand guys... And he begins to pray, Lord, you've given me a great victory over these Philistines. Now am I going to die here of thirst? And now I'm going to fall into their hands? Judges 15 and 19. But God clave a hollow place that was in the jaw. And there came water there out. And when he had drunk, his spirit, you see that? Came again and he revived. Wherefore, he called the name thereof in Hakor. Is that how you say that? Whew. I can't even speak Spanish or nothing else. Which is in Lehi unto this day. So Samson reaches down and he drinks from the very weapon that God had provided for him that day. The very thing that destroyed his enemy was also the very thing that brought him his strength. The very thing that destroyed his enemy was also the very thing that revived him. The very thing that destroyed his enemy gave him strength to go on another day. Come on, the very weapon that God is going to give you to destroy your enemy is going to be the very weapon that God is going to use to keep your strength sustained. I want you to know the battle may be tough. The enemy may think he's going to put you down. But God is about to give you a weapon that will provide you with strength and with sustenance. So Samson changes the name of this battlefield. You see, when he went there, it was Ramoth Lehi. Now, I don't know Greek or Hebrew. I, I, I know a little Greek. He's got a restaurant in Little Rock. But I looked up these words today. <laughs> I can't say them, but I can read them. And Ramoth Lehi literally means the place of the jawbone. But after his victory, he names it in Hakor, which means the spring of him who called. When Samson looked back over all the victories in his life, when Samson looked back over all the milestones of his life, he never forgot the place where God not only gave him the victory over the enemy, but God gave him his calling right at that moment. Because the next verse says that he ruled 20 years over Israel. Come on, God's going to do something in this place tonight. Some young person, one of these days, you're going to be preaching at some camp, and you're going to look back, and you're going to say, it was that revival. It was that place where God gave me my calling. Come on, some one of you young ladies, you're going to be out on a mission field one of these days, and you're going to look back at that revival in April in Salem, and you're going to say, that is the place where my calling came. That's where I gained my strength. That's where I gained my provision. Now, Samson reigns for 20 years. He carries the doors of the gates of Gaza off. And the next thing we read about him is Delilah. You see, we all have a Delilah if we're not careful. So he starts hanging out with another one of those Philistine women. And the Philistines come to her. And they bribe her. Find out where Samson's strength lies. Find out where Samson's, Samson's strength lies. So she comes, comes to him and says, won't you tell me where your strength lies? At first, you know, it's just, hey, you know, by the way, when you put that boulder down, will you tell me where your strength lies? And he tells her, if I'm bound with seven green widths, 
Anybody know what a width is? I didn't either. <laughs> I thought that was when you was a width. I was with you, you know. <laughs> like, who you with? <laughs> I'm with him, you know. <laughs> but it's actually a bowstring. <laughs> he says, if you'll bind me with seven green widths, I'll be like any other man. So she binds him. And it doesn't say he was sleeping or nothing. Samson was just... He just let her bind him. I mean, and she says, Samson, the Philistines are upon you. And the Bible says he breaks them like a thread that touches fire. And he puts a whooping upon them Philistines. I think he was just letting her bind him so he could whoop up on them. So Delilah tells him, you've mocked me. And you've lied to me. You don't love me. <laughs> that was my feminine side. <laughs> That's all I got. Sorry. So he tells her, if you bind me with new ropes, I'll be like any other man. So I guess they, he said, okay, bind me. She binds him with ropes. The Philistines, the Bible says, is waiting in a chamber of her house. I mean, Samson may have been strong, but, you know, I've heard strong guys sometimes. You know, you remember the guy in school? He could dunk a basketball, but he couldn't even carry a math book, you know. And she says, the Philistines or Steens or whatever they called them are upon you. And the Bible says he breaks the ropes, goes to whipping up on them. Well, she really turns it on this time. She says, if you really love me, you would tell me where your strength lies. And I imagine she's done flopped over on the ground. We call In Arkansas, we call it pitching a fit. You know, ah! He's thinking, dear goodness. So you know what he does? He tells her, if you fasten my seven locks to this beam. See how close he's getting? The devil doesn't come after you all the time, full force. But he works on you. And he gets you to where you start to compromise. Come on. He gets you to where you start just getting closer. One step closer. One step closer. It's a slow fade. And you turn around and you look. And you don't realize how far you've come. And the problem is, you haven't been in the prayer room. And when I say prayer room, the church isn't the only place to come pray. Come on, you better learn how to pray at home just as much as you pray here at church. You're at church four hours a week. You're at home all the rest of the time. You need to keep your home covered. And I'm just going to tell you, that's the man that needs to walk around and plead the blood of Jesus over their home. Come on, shame on you if your family doesn't hear you praying over your house. Come on, I get up in the middle of the night and I walk around. I rebuke every devil that's coming against my home. I plead the blood of Jesus against my home. Come on, if you were fasting and studying like you should, then you would have never even got to this part where they're locking your hair to the weaver's beam. So she fastens his hair. Says, Samson, the Philistines are upon you. And once again, the Spirit of the Lord moves on him and he jumps up and he whips him. She begins to press him and press him. Day after day, she presses him. The Bible says until his very soul was vexed to death. Whew. Man, that's rough there. Vexed means you're really bad. That's Hebrew for it. Ugh. Lord, let her quit. <laughs> so you know what he does? Now see, can't you have fun coming to church? I'd hate to go to a church where you just had to. I wouldn't make it. I was going to tell you right now. I had one guy tell me, he said, well, why, why are you funny? Nobody likes to laugh. You know what I told him? 
I said, be sure and remind me not to invite you to none of our birthday parties. The Bible says the joy of the Lord is my strength. So he tells her everything. He tells her that from birth he's been a Nazarite. And a razor has never touched his hair. And he said, if I be shaven, I will be like any other man. The Bible says he falls asleep on her lap. And a man comes in and shaves her he his head. And she says, Samson, the Philistines are upon you. He jumps up to do battle again, and there's nothing there. The Spirit of God has left him. Come on, I'm going to tell you something that we haven't preached in years in apostolic circles. Come on, we're afraid to really tell you sometimes that you go ahead and keep messing around with God. And there comes a point when God says, that's it. I've had enough of this. Time after time after time, the Spirit of God is moving on you. He's trying to get you to change, and you turn your back on Him, and you walk off. I'll never forget as a child. I was about 10 or 11 years old, and we were in a revival. And my father gets up and says, somebody here is on dangerous ground with God. You need to find the altar and repent. One of the deacons of the church, he was on the board, very distinguished man, walked out the doors, and he turned around and walked back in. He screamed, my God, it left me. He said, I can't feel God's presence anymore. He ran and grabbed my father by the legs. Pray for me, Brother Mahaney. The church got around him. They prayed and prayed for hours that night. I watched this man walk out of those doors with his shoulders bowed down and his head down, broken because the Spirit of God had left him. The man passed away and was never the same again. Come on, you're trying to scare me. Yes, I'm trying to tell you, you don't have the time that you think you have. You might think you have the pastor fooled. You might think you have all your friends fooled, but God sees you with one foot in the world and one foot in the church. And if you're not careful, He's going to pull His covering back. So the Philistines bind Him. They blind Him. And they take Him back to Gaza, the place of a victory for Him. In the place of victory, he is now defeated. And they make him like an animal grinding corn. All the lords of the Philistines had a great party. And they had a feast because they wanted to offer a sacrifice to Dagon, their false god, to rejoice and praise their false god for delivering Samson to them. So as the party begins to go on, Someone says, let's bring him out where we can make fun of him. The Bible says he is blinded and he is led out. And they begin to make sport of him. In other words, they begin to make fun of him. They begin to throw things at him. They begin to laugh at him. But see, the word says the hair of his head had begun to grow. Samson tells the lad, lead me to the pillars where that great house is supported so I can lean against them. There's over 3,000 Philistines making fun of him. And I want you to go to Judges 16 and 28. And Samson leans on the pillars. And he calls unto the Lord. And he says, O oh Lord God, remember me, I pray thee. And strengthen me, I pray thee. Only this once, O oh God, that I may be at once avenged of the Philistines. For my two eyes. And Samson took hold of the two pillars upon which the house stood and on which it was borne up of the one with his right hand and the other with his left. And Samson said, let me die with the Philistines. And he bowed himself with all his might. And the house fell upon the lords and upon all the people that were therein. So the dead which he slew at his death were more than they which he slew in his life. This building begins to come down, and it destroys his enemies. But I want you to notice what he prays. He says, O oh Lord God, remember me, 
and strengthen me that I may be at once avenged of the Philistines for my two eyes. I want you to know that there comes a point to where the enemy has done so much to you that the enemy has tried everything he can to get to you and to your family. He's been pushing at you. He's been making sport of you. He's tried to gouge your eyes out. He's tried to take everything from you. Where God says, that's enough. You go get some vengeance. You go get some vengeance. That scripture doesn't say that he avenged the Philistines for the Lord. That, that scripture doesn't say that he went to battle for the Lord. But that scripture says that God gave him vengeance for his eyes. God gave him vengeance for what the enemy had done to him. I'm here to tell somebody in this place, the enemy is about to fall in front of you because God said, that's enough. You've been faithful. You've been faithful to me. I'm going to let you loose. I'm going to tear up your enemies. He's been trying to mock you. He's been trying to come against your family. But the Lord says, that's enough. You're going to have vengeance for yourself. I'm going into his camp. He's had his hands on my children long enough. Come on, I'm going into his camp. I'm not afraid of him anymore. I've got a new weapon, and God wants me to take vengeance for me. Psalm 18. The Lord is my rock, and my fortress, and my deliverer. My God, my strength in whom I will trust, my buckler, which is a shield, and the horn of my salvation, and my high tower, I will call upon the Lord, who is worthy to be praised. So I shall be saved from mine enemies. The sorrows of death come past me. Come on, anybody had to deal with death in your life? Come on, I've walked through that valley of the shadow of death. In one year, I lost my father. And the next year, I lost my grandson. The next year, I lost my sister. I thought this valley would never end. But he said, yea, though I walk. He didn't say, yea, though I camp out in this valley of death. Come on, some of you need to get up. You've been camping out in all this loneliness. You've been camping out in all of this heartbreak. Get up. Start walking through this valley. And the floods of ungodly men made me afraid. You can't watch the news without watching some of these ungodly men and women and be afraid of what's going to happen to our nation. The sorrows of hell can pass me about. The snares of death prevented me. In my distress, I called upon the Lord and cried unto my God. He heard my voice out of his temple. And my cry came before him, even into his ears. Then the earth shook and trembled. The foundations also, the hills moved and were shaken because he was wroth. In other words, God was mad. He was tired of my enemies coming against me. Come on, God is getting fed up with the devil coming against his church. He's about to make a push in these last days. Come on, I believe backsliders are going to walk through those doors. I believe your children are going to walk through those doors. Verse 17. He delivered me from my strong enemy. Come on. And from them which hated me. For they were too strong for me. Don't you worry about it. Yeah, maybe they are stronger than you are. But you've got a God that's stronger than any enemy that's ever come against anybody on this earth. They prevented me in the day of my calamity. But the Lord was my stay. He brought me forth also into a large place. He delivered me because he delighted 
in me. I want you to know that God loves you. God loves you. God cares for you. He loves you. He knows every hair on your head. He knows every step that you take. The Lord rewarded me according to my righteousness. According to the cleanness of my hands. Hath he recompensed me. Come on, there's a reason that we live righteous. There's a reason that we live holy. There's a reason that I try to do the things that God wants me to do. Because he's going to reward me for my righteousness. When the enemy comes in like a flood because of my righteousness, God's going to come in, raise it up a standard, and fight my battles. For I have kept the ways of the Lord and have not wickedly departed from my God. For all his judgments were before me, and I did not put away his statutes from me. I was always upright before him and kept myself from my iniquity. Come on, some things God expects you to do. Come on, there's some things that I can pray, and he will deliver me out of. But there's some things that he expects me to do. He expects me to make the right decisions and not watch ungodly things. He expects me to make the right decisions and not listen to things that I shouldn't do. He expects me to make the right decisions and not walk in fornication or adultery or homosexuality. But there's things that he can make a path for, but there's things that he expects from us. Therefore hath the Lord recompensed me according to my righteousness. According to the cleanness of my hands in his eyesight. Verse 29. For by thee I have run through a troop. Come on, somebody's about to run through a troop in this place. By my God have I leaped over a wall. As for God, his way is perfect. The word of the Lord is tried. He is a buckler to all those that trust in him. For who is God save the Lord? Or who is a rock save our God? It is God that girdeth me with strength and maketh my way perfect. He maketh my feet like hind's feet. He setteth me upon my high places. He teacheth my hands to war so that a bow of steel is broken in mine arms. In other words, I don't care what kind of weapon comes against me. The strength of God is in my hands. It can be a bow of steel that seems formidable, but my, when they put it in my hands, the strength of God will break it to pieces. Thou hast also given me the shield of thy salvation, and thy right hand hath holding me up, and thy gentleness hath made me great. Thou hast enlarged my steps under me, that my feet did not slip. Here's what I want to get to. I have pursued mine enemies and overtaken them. Neither did I turn again till they were consumed. Come on, saint of God, don't let up. Come on, prayer warrior. You keep on praying in your closet. Come on, come on, come on, saint of God. Keep on bombarding heaven. Come on, intercessor. Keep on interceding. Come on, preacher. Keep on preaching. Come on, Sunday school teacher. Keep on teaching. I have wounded them that were not able to rise. They are fallen under my feet. For thou hast girded me with strength into the battle. Thou hast subdued under me those that rose up against me. Thou hast also given me the neck of mine enemies. That I might destroy them. Not that hate God. See it? that hate me. You see, this is probably more of a revelation to me than anyone. My wife and I have walked through some battles in the last three years nobody even knows about. Don't even, we don't tell nobody. There's times I got up to preach. I told my wife, I said, I, my God, I don't know how I'm going to do it tonight. Such a battle. Of things coming against us, 
court battles over grandchildren, kids acting fools, kids coming to us, telling us they live in an alternate lifestyle. One of them says, well, I'm engaged to a man. And he is a man. Come on. Don't you think that comes against a preacher that gets up every night and preaches against sin? Come on, an evangelist family traveling all over the country. Come on, and the devil would throw it up in my face. What are you doing about your children? Come on, you're preaching to everybody else's children. Look what I've done to your children. Come on, and I, we just keep on fighting. We just keep on putting one foot in front of the other. Come on, addicted to drugs. Some of them are saying that they're atheists. We just keep on fighting. We just keep on praying. God didn't call me to preach just when everything's going good. God didn't call me to preach just when I'm feeling it. God called me to preach and preach this gospel and preach what's in this word. And I don't care how the enemy is coming against me. God strengthens my hands to war. I can break the steel bow that the enemy is coming at me with. So that old enemy tries to raise its head. Then health problems. Come on, one thing after another. But all I know, I begin to pray today, God, avenge my eyes. God, avenge my eyes. God, avenge me. God, avenge my eyes. Because there's some things that I've been faithful about. I've been a righteous man. Come on, I don't do the things that I know I shouldn't do. And I know that if I just keep on holding on, that one of these days, God's going to say, all right, that's enough. Go back into the camp. Take back the things that the enemy tried to take from you. Let's all stand. Our one son, very good boy. He graduated number one out of thousands of people at Arkansas State. Alabama, I really haven't forgiven him for that, but Alabama paid him to come to law school. Very respectful. But see, he's mad because we will not bow down to Dagon. We will not bow down to the false gods that he serves. So he's trying to push it in our face. We just keep praying. Christmas, he said, I need a new pair of shoes if you want to buy me something. Okay, we bought him a nice pair of shoes. My wife took out the insides, filled them with prayer cloths, and sewed them back up. So every time he gets up to go to work, whoo, whoo. So we get a call. She does, gets a text. He says, I can't handle it. I got to go to a therapist. Oh, yeah, I bet you can handle it. You ain't seen nothing yet, Jack. I seen him the other day. God is my witness. He turned around. The Lord spoke to me. He said, there goes my testimony. Come on, what the enemy thought. Come on, what the enemy thought that he was going to take and put against Nick and Sandra Mahaney. God is going to turn it around. That's why I get up every place I go and I preach that your children are coming back because my children are lost and I believe that if I can win some of your children, God's going to send somebody into my kid's life. Now I don't want you to you know we got in, in, in Pentecost we're, we're great great people when it comes to the altar service you can say I need whoever's car has a lump on the tire to come to the front everybody comes to the front because we, we just we're, we're spirit hungry people well, here's who I'm making an appeal for the ones that feel so weary and downtrodden 
that everybody on the outside thinks you're doing just fine. But when you get out of the car from your friends, and you walk in there to the house by yourself, that's when the attack begins. The parents that's saying, oh, I got this, everything's fine. But when you and your wife are together, it's when the heartache happens. Say, I know, I've been there. That's who I want to come up here tonight. That's who we're going to pray for. That's who we're going to take deliverance over. That's who we're going to take the enemies that are coming against you. Come on, and we're going to put them under our feet. Come on, who am I been preaching to? Come on, who needs vengeance right now? Come on, who needs vengeance? Come on, you feel like every time you make a step, the enemy is pushing you back three steps. You'll fast, you'll pray, and you might make a little headway. But all of a sudden, boom, here it goes again. You're pushed back. But you get up, you go to the church, you're faithful, you pay your tithes. But deep down inside, people don't know the turmoil that you're fighting inside. Deep down inside, they don't see that the devil has plucked out your eyes. Deep down inside, they don't see that spiritually he's trying to shave off your power. That's who I'm talking to because we're about to take vengeance. We're going to pray that God lets us take vengeance for our eyes that the enemy has tried to destroy. All right, now this is where the body comes in. There's nothing I can do. Come here, Brother Matt. If I try it on my own, I will just get pushed. But if I can lock up with my brother. Come on. They're not coming through us. See, this is where the body comes in. We got to learn that we can't do it on our own. I'm just going to tell you, I love, I love Brother Matt. And I know that if I was to call him, he would begin to pray and intercede for me. Brother Homer is my friend. I can look around here and I see all my friends. Just, just think if we walked around like this. Oh, I heard the devil's coming after him. Come on, let's go get him. Come on. Come on. So what we need is the body to come down right now. Come on. Come on, you elders. Come on, you elders. Come on, you Sunday school teachers. Come on, you see some of these kids. You don't understand what these young people are going through. You don't understand the things that these young people are dealing with. It's not like when I was a young person. It's not like when Brother Kyle was a young person. They're dealing with things that we don't have any idea about. Come on, the body needs to get up here and begin to pray for one another. Come on. I